Hello runners, uh, welcome to this week's show. Um, you are stuck with me again, just on my own. Colin's at a wedding this week, so have fun at the wedding, Colin. She'll be dancing the night away, dad dancing now. Um, so yeah, we're just going to crack on with it, and uh, I'm Jason Derulo this week, riding solo. Um, so what have I been up to this week? Uh, from a training perspective, um, just been struggling with my right Achilles, to be honest with you. Um I think when I came out with the orthotics, uh, we've deciphered from all the clues and knowledge that I've perhaps just been overworking the Achilles. Um, so that's just caused it to get a little bit inflamed, a little bit blocked here and there, but it's actually a, a manageable problem, as we'd say. Uh, so that's not too bad at all. Um, so yeah, I've just been kind of trying to listen to the body, not doing too much, um, and you know, taking rest days when I need to, because I think the worst thing you can do is to keep pushing and pushing too hard and then find you've got to have two weeks off when you could have had a day or two off two weeks in a row to keep yourself running. So that's me. That's what I've been up to. Um, in terms of you know what's been going on in the athletics world, I thought I've got to beef this intro out a little bit. Uh, the main point I thought would be good to talk about was the men's 1500 in the UK at the moment. I'm absolutely blown away at the standard. The fact that you know Josh, <laughs> Josh Kerr, who I know listens, so... Hello, Josh. All right, Paul. Uh, he ran a 3.33 earlier in the week. And on paper, you think, oh, wow, that, that's that's very good. Of course, it's a super quick time. But then I seen a video of him running that 3.33. And he pretty much front ran it. Um, it was so impressive to see. Um, and he looked very good doing it. He won the race by about two seconds. So who knows what he can run this year. And also, Charlie Grice is on fire at the moment. He's actually won two of his last, he won in Ostrava this week, and also won uh, the week before, I do forget where it was, uh, but he ran a 3.54 mile um, to do that, and uh, beat a whole load of people in, in Ostrava, beat Lewandowski, who, as you know, won the Dream Mile last week, beat Kibet, uh, Ben Blankenship, so it's brilliant to see Charlie back, uh, firing at the top, uh, and then on top of that, you've got Neil Gawley, who ran the qualifying time, James West, who's ran quick, Chris O'Hare, who's going to come out, and you know he's still running well, and also Jake Whiteman as well, so the standard of 1500 metre running in the UK is absolutely nuts at the moment. Um, and I just kind of think, God, that, that trial's going to be a, a fantastic race to watch. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to keep the intro nice and short, but I just thought we'd have a few little talking points, and if you're not paying any interest in, in you know what's going on in athletics, then the men's 1,500 metres is a good place to start. So I'm going to go and pour myself a, a glass of Dr Pepper, which, that's not an ad. We're not sponsored by Dr Pepper. Um, I would love it if we were. Because um, I love it. And you know, what's the worst that can happen? It does taste like fizzy benelin. Um And yeah, so on today's show, we've got Dowie Griffiths. Um, buzzing to have Dowie on. I've known Dowie for years. Um, we actually ran together throughout the ages from, you know, under 13s right up until under 20s. And uh, after that, he kicked on and I retired. Uh, <laughs> but we, we had some great races over the years. He's a top, top guy. And obviously, being a 2.9 marathon runner and a 61 half marathon runner, he's got a lot, a lot to offer. Um, so yeah, let's crack on with the show. Oh, also, God, I'm thinking of so many new things. Um, I'm trying out a new mic today, so I don't know what the sound's going to be like. I hope it comes out better 
Um, but if not, we'll just go back to the Apple mics. Or I could put my hand in my pocket and stop being a stingy bugger and get a, buy an expensive one. But hopefully the sound's going to be better for you all. Um, and yeah, and also, see, got more, got more and more. Um, Ollie Laws, shout out to Ollie. It on says we're going to run a competition leading up to the Highgate uh, Night of 10Ks where there's going to be some free on kit. I think shoes we said, don't quote me, but I think that's what we said. Where we're going to run a competition uh, where you're going to guess the time of uh, a mystery athlete for now, um, but they're a non athlete, so you can you can have a guess. Uh, but we will run a competition where you can guess that person's time to win some shoes or some kit prizes to be, uh, to be confirmed. And also, if you are heading down to Highgate, then the guys at on are offering out a free glass of pims for people who come and try their shoes on. So a free glass of pims, and all you got to go and do is try some on shoes. So, you know, if you're in the area and you've got a, a lady with you and she wants a glass of pims, or if you want one yourself, hey, look, I am the first person to put my hand up when somebody asks if they want a Prosecco or an Aperol Spritz. I'm a big fan of a feminine drink, so yeah, I'll 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 be there trying on all the different pairs of shoes for my free glass of pims. But anyway, guys, let's get on with the show. Looking forward to speaking to Dowie. I'm going to welcome him on now. Welcome. I struggle with that word. Welcome. We're going to welcome him on now. Hi, guys. Just a very quick update. So since finishing editing and uploading the podcast i can hear that the the audio between me and dowie is just about a second out it's not actually a big deal but it may sound like you know i'm talking over him or he's talking over me or there's a, a slight delay here and there uh but i just sort of give you a heads up but it actually doesn't really affect um you know you can still hear everything everyone's saying um so if it just sounds like we're crossing over at different points uh, i do apologize and uh, hopefully this won't happen again but enjoy the pod Welcome, Dowie Griffiths. How are you doing, mate? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Gallinera, is that correct? Sorry? Is it not? That's what Bryn says on Gavin and Stacey when he's like, Gallinera, is that not hello in Welsh? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good attempt anyway. What is, what is, how, how do you say, like, hello, how are you doing in Welsh? Because you're fluent, aren't you? Yes, first language. Uh, Shumai. Shumai. There you go. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. about Raduin Hoffi Coffee? <laughs> you know what that one is, don't you? Yeah, everyone knows that one. Is. Yeah. Uh, how's how's it going? What's been going on in on a Friday afternoon in the life of Dowie Griffiths? Um, bit of a bit of a typical day, I guess. Um, yeah, just uh, just got back into the house. Uh, been shearing some sheep. Have you actually? <laughs> I actually have. Yeah, <laughs> a bit late coming back in. That's all right. Uh, but uh, yeah. Just uh, doing that and then yeah, go for a run in a bit. Oh, have you not? Have you ran? Have you ran already today, or is it just a? Just no, a I'm pretty lazy in the morning, so I'm an evening person. So. Uh... <laughs> ah, really? So you do most your? Yeah, if I can, I'll do it in the evening. Yeah. Oh, nice. And what time do you normally get up on the farm? Um, I like to say I get up early, but uh, I'm pretty flexible. So. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're, you're saying you're a lazy. Oh yeah, farmer. I'm. Uh, I'm a night owl rather than a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I think a lot of athletes are as well. I think Elish McColgan, I think I remember on training camp, she preferred going a bit later in the day. And I think sometimes a lot of athletes do get into that habit of uh, being night owls. So I don't <laughs> think you're alone there. Um, but yeah, mate, thank you so much for no coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, so just to reel off some PBs for those people who don't know, um, I'm sure 
most people listening will know who you are and what you've done. But you're a 7.55 3K runner, a 13.33 5K runner, 28.16 for 10, 61.33 for a half, and 2.9.49 for a marathon. Are they all uh, yes. correct? <laughs> Fantastic, brilliant. So, I, so I've seen you the week you ran the uh, the British Athletics League, um, and you ran a fifteen and a and a three yeah, k, yeah, right? Was a, it was a bad idea before than actually doing it, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was good fun though. <laughs> so it's going to. What was the what was the idea behind that? So you're you know typically a marathon runner. You don't see many <laughs> marathon runners turning out and doing fifteen, which I think is brilliant, and it was great to see. But um, what was the what was the what was the thought um, behind what that? Was being, um... Let's just throw myself into the deep end. Let's see what kind of speed I've got. You know, I've got to get some track legs back on, and then hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully, some have a go the tank, uh, have a go the track PBs and in, in later on in the summer. Then, but uh, yeah. So, so how, how did it feel compared to you know you're so used to doing marathons and half marathons? <laughs> like, how did it actually feel Idious. to be running that quick on the track? And then the the, the lactic was it just yeah, filling right up to the eyeballs, and I was like, I'm done. I'm all in. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Just flat. Did it feel like you're flat out from the from much, the gun? Yeah, it was. Well, I was like, when the first lap, and I was like, you know what? This is actually comfortable. I'm better shape than I thought I am. And then I heard, all I heard was like 68, 69. I was like, mm, probably, oh, probably why. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's shocking. I mean, I've been kind of coming back a little bit. Some and, and sometimes if I've been on the track, you think, oh yeah, I'm moving pretty well here, and, and I'll hear like a 59, <laughs> 70, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> this no, isn't exactly, how it used yeah. to feel. Um, uh, so so did you actually come off that and think, you know, I really missed the track, or was it uh, a kind of no, get me back on the roads and the cross country? Um, no, as far as I do like the track, um, I missed the track season, the whole last track season last year, so it was kind of the first race I've done on the track for like two years. So it's kind of uh, kind of nice just to be back and you know doing low key racing away and just help the club out and uh, yeah it was kind of like oh I'd be looking forward to hopefully another track race for the season. Nice and I suppose as a marathon runner you, you're typically quite um, isolated beasts. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're uh, you, you do so much on your own and and all the miles on your own. Uh, was it nice to actually you know be part of a team in a sense you know getting you know with all the the other the club athletes yeah definitely you know it's uh you know it's totally different to marathon you know you've only got like two shots in a year at the marathon so it's nice in between to do like you know low-key races where you just you can just have fun in a way and just, you just as long as you run hard it's it's better it's just as good as any session so it's you know using it as a as a session rather than rather than think of the big picture but yeah it's having fun and that's why you're training at the end of the day, is having fun in races, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I want to take it back to the very start. So me and you have raced each other, you know, from, from being yeah, very yeah, young. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking back and I thought, when was the first time I think we raced together? And I, and I could be wrong, but I think it was the, um, the school's international in 2005 where we were junior boys does that ring a bell for you yes i was there yeah it was in wales yes, wasn't uh, it? north wales yeah yeah so that was the first time so that was the kind of things i thought so for people who don't know the english uh welsh and scottish and irish schools after the cross country national championships they kind of is it uh was it six people or eight uh, How many, it's, it's, actually, it's eight of us yeah. isn't it uh, yeah yeah it was eight schools, wasn't it? so the, the t- yeah, so the top eight all race each other, and I always remember knowing you were the top guy from Wales because I think you'd run well in the inter counties as a as a under thirteen and fifteen as well, right? Uh, that was that was the year after then. So no, I don't think nobody 
unless they somehow knew who I was. But yeah, I don't think many people know who I was that time. <laughs> oh, I was stalking you, mate. <laughs> don't worry, I was stalking you. Yeah, yeah, was... Back, back then, there was no, there was no Bebo no, or um, Facebook. It was well before yeah, then as a, well. I was a triple half, you know. I remember, was my first, that was my first time in Welsh West, of any sort of sense. So it was Welsh Cruise West. And I remember, you know, you think, oh, it'd be a hotel or something, or, you know, something like that. I remember walking into a room and all I see is eight bunk beds. So there's 16 of yeah. us in the same room. Oh, yeah. It was. Wasn't it? There was like 16 yeah, of us. No expenses found here. Yeah, because we were lumped in. We were junior boys and we were with lumped in boys, with yeah. uh, the. Yeah, with the inter boys as well. God, and it's funny because, like, you put young boys together like that, and the night before the race, it's like, I think people are like just up. Fannying around, throwing yeah. pillows and and that kind of thing, and you had the people who were like you know taking it very seriously, and then people who weren't. And I think, uh, I, I, yeah, I, do you know what it is? I totally forgot there was sixteen of us in one room, but uh, they're great experience. Yeah, I think um, it does. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you know next time when you share a room with ten people, it's like oh god, oh, this is luxury. It's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what was your? Um, so, you kind of grew up on cross country. So, I just wanted to know how you got off the listeners to know as well. How did you actually get into running? So, um, yeah, what was your introduction um, to running? Pretty low key, really. I guess I did um, did a couple of you know fun runs, local fun runs back in the day when I was probably about seven or eight, and I just just enjoyed them as simple as that, really, and didn't really think more of it, really. Um, and then when I went to secondary school, I managed to make the school team um, for the local vocal school competition. And um, so we went to went to one of the schools and raced across country. And um, uh, the local club was there and said, you know, invited you down, you know, the first 10, 15, wherever it was, and invited you down to the club. And that was it, really. I was like, yeah, can I go to my parents? And they're like, yeah, go on. And... Uh, you know, here I was, here I am, you know, many years later. Um, 20, 20, yeah, 20 exactly. years later, um, <laughs> almost. But yeah, you know, obviously I wasn't winning when I was that, uh, that young, but I just enjoyed running and I just enjoyed competing. It was simple as that, you know, I didn't really, I didn't even run yeah. between the races. I just went from one race to another, but uh, it's... See, that's depressing for me because, you know, you were beating me. <laughs> and, uh, in, the, in the early days, you were beating In the early, I think at that school's international, you might have beat me. And uh, you weren't even training. So well, that I was, was that's Yeah, not, I guess I've always got an active lifestyle, I guess. So, if, you know, I've always been, when I was a kid, you know, I'd always get the ball and kick the ball around all night, kind of thing. It was never, you know, in front of the video games. I was never that kind of person. And so uh, I guess I wasn't training, but I was active as well. So I guess it crosses over, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so actually, growing up, so, um, so from family of farmers, is yeah, that right? I've uh, born and raised on the farm. Yeah. So, is that? Do you live in a quite remote area? Yeah, um, it's very, very, in... very rural where I live. You know, it's proper, proper country roads, and it's middle of nowhere. I guess you know, it's there's no neighbours and stuff like that. But uh, you know, us, I kind of like yeah. that as well. You know, so uh, yeah, it's I guess it's totally different to you know, in the middle of the city. I guess. Yeah, and, and so was the running a good um, social thing for you as well when you were going down the club as a kid? You know, like not have it. I think typically, you know, of me growing up, I lived in Newcastle and normal town and there's kids everywhere in the streets. So, you know, you, you live in door to door with yeah. people. But I suppose for you, was it nice to actually get to the club and have yeah, that social you know, aspect I'll, as well? Yeah, the reason why I enjoyed it so much because, you know, you'd, you'd stick your, you'd, <laughs> you needed well, some friends. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, uh, 
you, you know, you parents stuck, my parents stuck my out on the bus, you know, and then the bus would go wherever the meet was, and then you'd have fun with your friends, you know. There used to be a good group of us back then at that same age, and we just, you know, we messed around and then had fun, and then we raced, and then we came home, you know. It was, you know, it was every weekend, you know, we all just enjoyed racing and we all enjoyed each other's company, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So I sw- you've you've been good throughout the years. So you were, you know, you're making Welsh schools teams as a as a 14 year old. I think the following year at the inter counties, there was a I raced you, and I think you won as an under 15, yeah, and yeah, I was, was fourth yeah. maybe. And we had Abdi Rishak Ahmed. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. Abdi? And uh, we had Parker, Ryan yeah, Parker, I, remember, I believe, remember, remember, as well. Oh, the other day, I remember. I was, I probably. That was, I know, uh, yeah. From my point of view, that was one of the best days I've ever. Like, um, so um, I think the... yeah, you won. So yeah, so you won. I think you won it quite comfortably yeah, as well. well yeah, and it, it, was like, more, it was more felt more comfortable than distance suggested. It was like it was only like four or five seconds. The end. Uh, I remember because <laughs> I'd like two or three days before I was up in North Wales with a geography school trip, and then so I'd come back on the Friday night. I'd stayed in my bed, and then we got up about I don't know three four o'clock in the morning. To go catch the bus to go all the way to Nottingham. <laughs> I have my, I'm having my second breakfast on the bus at like seven o'clock. <laughs> and then it's not, not the best, not the best preparation. Then, you know, we rock, <laughs> and you we still want it. And I was like, oh, you know, um, top of the hill because it was a massive hill in South Wales, isn't it? And then yeah, and it was always a race like, to the oh, top. Must be like 150, I think. What the hell is all these people? Where are they coming from? And then I worked <laughs> my way up to this group, uh, leading group. I think you were in part of that group. And then I looked ahead. It was Ryan. Was Ryan was about I don't know fifty meters ahead, wasn't he? And yeah. Oh yeah, he was, I, wasn't I was like, he? No, God, I remember. Yeah. I'm gonna go for this. I'm gonna go for it. So I went for it, and then I was like, right, I'm gonna catch him by the top of this hill because we were doing the hill twice. So I catch him to the top of the hill. I worked so hard up the hill. I got to the top, hit lactic, and then I just got to his shoulder, <laughs> and then it's like, right, just relax, relax, relax. <laughs> and then I managed to get away about I don't know about ten after go, I guess, and then yeah, managed to hold on to his yeah. yeah. It's funny because I, I, it's you've oh god you brought back some good memories then because obviously it was when Sky when Sky Sports yeah. covered the oh, counties wasn't it so uh, oh, oh, what did you say oh, how was the how was the course out there and I said something on the lines of I like my grass not too firm and not too soft <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a proper well, like a proper uh, Welsh yeah. boy just like uh, yeah, was, uh, uh, they, quality. No, they, they were they were they were good days. They were good days. Um, so then, you know, um, moving on from those ages, again, you were running really well as a junior. You developed nicely. We ran at the um, World Cross Country Champs together in yeah. Edinburgh. Um, so I just wanted you to talk to people from your experience, what that was actually like for you. I mean, like a home Cross Country Champs. You've been to a fair few Cross Country Champs now. So how did that stack up? As a, Was that your first that was my World first Cross? World Cross yeah. My um, first. We, as, as it yeah. happened, back then it was every year. And I, the only team I ever made was when I was 16. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, Edinburgh was yeah. the first one. And um, yeah, it was... It was it was really nice. You know, it was a massive deal at the time. You know, I was sixteen and making the GB West. But uh, I think I don't know how you you know for your office is GB West, but he's just like, do I belong in this crowd? You know, um, and it, you mm. know, I remember standing on the start line and thinking, Jesus, who's who's all these people? They look good, or he looks good, and he looks good, and he looks good. And, and then yeah, I, I think I think it was a 
the Kenyan group was in the pen next to us or the pen after, next to us. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, he's good. <laughs> but uh, and, and they looked oh, about yeah, 28 or 30 or something like that. looks good. Yeah. Um, and then he was went yeah. off so fast. And I remember I was like, I'm sprinting here. I'm absolutely sprinting and yeah. I'm absolutely nowhere. <laughs> but, uh, I fell over. Yeah, I, remember, yeah, I fell over me. the first year. <laughs> no, you oh, were really well, right? like, do I belong here? You know, and that's uh, I think you need a couple of those kind of experiences before you realize, yeah, you actually do belong here and you can compete with these people. So, when did you start to feel so? When did you start to feel like, yes, I belong here? And at that point, did you think? running something that i want to turn into a into a career so i was getting well excited at that point i was like you know thinking i was going to be the next steve cram or whatever i was like yeah i'm really keen for it but were you were you thinking the same did you kind of think yeah this is this is this is what i want to do um, as a profession yeah it's 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 what i wanted to do and you know i, was, I was always wanted to run then so you know it doesn't matter whatever you are you enjoy running or you don't at the end of the day um so i always enjoyed running but i think i always wanted to give it a go but you know the chances of making it is so slim isn't it so you always think oh i guess i guess you got to a new level every you, know, you as you go up to the ranks i guess you get to a new level and think oh geez i'm getting some good guys now and do you do you belong here and then after maybe you know being our level you know a couple couple of races you think oh, you know what i can compete here and then you go to the next level and you think the same process again so i guess I guess after being, you know, in in the GB sort of setup, I guess, or in the teams a couple of times, he's like, you know what? I actually know what's happening now, and I actually kind of belong here, you know, and or oh, I, I deserve to deserve my spot, I guess, more than anything. But uh, and then you, and then you start competing against, you know, the best in Europe, then and and so on, I guess. And did you think at that point marathon was where you were going to end up, or were you kind of thinking five k, ten k? Um, I wish there was. I was kind of like wishing it was still 5k, 10k, but I kind of knew. What <laughs> but deep down, you knew. <laughs> um, but I remember my coach saying, you know, then was like probably 14, 15, 16 year olds, and he was like, oh, one day you've got to go to marathon, you know, but, not, you know, but eventually, but not right now. And I think, you know, always been towards the marathon eventually, but it was just a matter of case of when I go into kind of thing. And do you have the same coach now as what you did when you were yeah, 17? Yeah, um, I've only ever one coach and it's, wow. you know, I think, what's it now, about 13 years, I guess now. So, you know, Kevin and I get on really well. So it's kind of like, well, why, why change it? There's no point changing. Like, we get on well, he understands me and I understand him. And so uh, we get on well and, you know, it's it's working so far. No, that's, that's good. It's a, it's a nice story because it's very different to a lot of people. You know, people get to a junior, they go to a university and change coaches. But it's uh, it's refreshing to hear a a story, I suppose it's a bit like, you know, Dina Rasha Smith. I think she's yeah, had the same yeah, yeah. coach since she was since she was a kid. And um I think, you know, a lot of the time coaches around the country might not get the opportunity to to see that through all the way, but have the yeah, knowledge exactly. and the ability you know, to actually do that for someone. For about thirty years, I think he said, and it's it's you know, he's built up a whole whole host of knowledge over the years from different athletes. So he's in a way, he's he's got experience that's needed before he, he got me. In a way, so he's you know developing from a little kid, you know, skinny kids to still an adult that's still skinny, I guess. But uh, yeah, he's you know he's, yeah. he's developed me in, with a long term approach, rather than you know let's 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 be your best junior you can be, and then if you if he doesn't make it afterwards, you don't make it. But yeah, it's always been you know be your best you can when you're a senior, I guess. And how's it how's it been for you watching him? You know, because now. 
I'm just thinking if it was my old coach um, at my club who did an amazing job with me, and the only reason that you know I left him was because I went to yeah. university and you, you're far away. But I always think, God, I would have loved to have shared. I mean, I loved sharing it with yeah. Craig, who coached me at the time. But I also think, God, it would have been nice if, you know, John, my old coach, could have had some of the experiences. Like you say, someone who's coached for 30-odd years. So is it quite rewarding for you to see him? Because I'm, I'm assuming he loves, you know, being backstage at London yeah. Marathon. Well, and you know, the, I, the champs, he's, so. he's probably like a second. You know, he's been such a big part of my life for so long. And, you know, it's, it's probably like a second father figure in many ways. And, you know, I'm probably part nearly a second son uh, to him anyway you know it's with that so long we've been known each other and you know it's it's like it's like seeing your child i guess <laughs> running in these big races yeah no, for him and he's you know he gets just as, you know, just as nervous and more nervous than i do i guess and it's 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 <laughs> yeah. nice to see when you when things do go well then it's you know i remember um like about four or five years ago you know i i flew over out to lisbon to try with try and have a go at the common standard and I managed to do it and I came home and he, he insisted on picking me up from uh, from the train station just, just just to see me you know and instead of you know hello mm. you know, it was just he embraced me with this massive hug you know and it's, it meant as much to him <laughs> as it did to me you know so it's it's that kind of relationship you know it's obviously it's evolved you know it's you know I, I'm not that 13 year old or 14 year old wherever I was and I don't need to be told you know this is what you're doing Monday this is what you're doing I, you know I'm sure you're the same you know you've built up all this knowledge of what you need to do every day but it's just that, you know, the fine-tuning, whereas, you know, what do you think of this session against this session, or do I need to do a bit more of this, or do, you know, it's, it's that kind of what we talk about more rather than, you know, day-to-day, -day, you know. It's like a 50-50 thing, really, bouncing yeah, ideas yeah. and, and seeing. So how, how often do you, do you still speak to him every day? Um, not every day, maybe, but, you know, he's always on the side of the phone if I need him. Um, I probably have a, probably half an hour chat to him probably three, four times a week, you know, and probably... Oh yeah, so it's it's still yeah, it's still you know, a lot, probably yeah. five minutes of us talking about running and the rest of us talking about life. I guess you know it's is that kind of relationship <laughs> as well. But uh, yeah, I'll meet him. Well, that was going to be my question. It was going to be, do you, do, you, do you know, do you have a relationship outside of running as well? You know, talking about yeah, you know, I, I rugby know or football or whatever. He knows what's happening with my life. You know, so it's it's yeah, it's yeah. it's a very you know friendly relationship. You know, and it's you know I'd happily go and have food with him. You know, out you know if, if I was running or not. You know, um, you know it would all would be. Always be close, I guess. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's a really nice story here. Yeah? Like it, we know without getting, you know, like yeah, it's just it's just like really nice to hear that that you're still really close and have such a good relationship with yeah. each other. So has he has he coached anyone off the back of of coaching you as well? Have people come to him and being like, you know, how do I win two <laughs> nine like that? Um, I'm not. Sure. I don't think he's had huge big big names or nothing like that. But I'm I'm easy guess. Um, there's a couple of girls now they want to break three hours, you know, they've they've seen he coaches me and they've asked him, do you mind giving us some ideas, you know, and he's more than happy to do what, you know, he gets the same pleasure from seeing them achieve their goals as seeing me achieve my goals, you know, that's, that's the type of person he is. Um, I know he coached, um, you might not know him, but he coached Andrus Jones for a while, so ever since he was like 11 up to, up to um, nearly making his Olympics, um, Andrus ran 28 oh, laps. Wow. Um, to make the Olympics in Sydney and I think one of his regrets was at the time he let him go to another coach because he didn't think he was good enough to coach at that level but then he realised you know what I knew the athlete better than the new coach so he's I think having had that experience before he knew me in a way probably helped him now in a way because then he, he he believes in himself that he, you know what it's worked so far so why why aren't I good enough and yes I can do I can be everything that we need to be to get to the next level, I guess. No, it's definitely. Um, 
So then, as you move forward through the the junior ranks, as I say, you made the World Cross in 2008, where we ran in Edinburgh, um, and then you were fourth at the European Juniors um, on the track uh, over 10k. Again, <laughs> I feel like I've run all these competitions with you. Yeah, you uh, I ran the 15. We went out. Uh, well, it was funny because we, Sarah, I was sixth yeah. in the final of the European Juniors, but I was a tenth of a second off yeah, yeah, a I medal. Yeah, all you, um, you guys crossed the line same time, didn't you? Yeah. But I was the I was the third Brit. <laughs> yeah. Simon Horsfield was point one ahead of me, and then Dan Clawley oh, ran really yeah. well, and he was point zero five, and then there was me. So it was it was one of those things for me personally. I was like, shit, I'm third Brit. That's really frustrating, and, off, and yeah. I'm close to a medal. But then it's yeah, yeah. But then I was like, I'm six in Europe. It's like how can you how can you yeah. really be you know upset with that? You can't at all. Um, so no, it was uh, that was good. But yeah, for you, so. Fourth in the 10k again at that point where you're getting to a point where it's like maybe I'm a 10k runner or was it like I'm a 10k runner who's going to be yeah, a marathon I remember, runner still? I remember, I remember Joe Wickham, um, James Wickham, sorry, um, saying, "Well, whatever you're running now, you're going to have to move up in, when you're senior." And that's like he said that, that to me. He was me up because I was aware of the whole trip anyway. But uh, I was thinking that did kick home. I was like, you know what? He, he's probably right here. <laughs> but he did say that. Yeah. And, uh, no. Like, you know what? That's not the end. That's not the worst thing. I don't mind eventually going to run marathon anyway. But uh, I think I remember that uh, chip was, you know, I remember uh, Simon Lawson, wasn't he? Um, he got silver. Mm, right? Yeah, he um, was. I got fourth, he was silver. But I remember that um, Azerbaijan guy, didn't he? He uh, got cleared to run for uh, Ethiopian, got cleared to run for uh, Azerbaijan like, three days before the championships. That yes, was, yeah. yes. Oh, what uh, was his name? I forget. Abraham. Yeah, you're right. It was because um, he. Yeah, he, yeah, it was Ibrahim, but he was um, he also he carried on yeah, the well, senior got, ranks in like two thousand and ten or eleven. Um, he got that gold medal. I think he won the five k as well, the same champs. But he got the double gold yeah. in the following year. I remember him watching him. Got the bronze behind Mo in the uh, in the uh, it's senior yeah, champs. Right. And I was thinking, no chance. <laughs> what chance did I have? <laughs> yeah, no, he he did he did, he didn't quite look no, he seventeen or eighteen, well. did he? Let's be honest. Yeah, it was one of them situations, uh, but it was really hot there as well, wasn't it? I mean, it was it was hot doing a fifteen hundred oh, to let yeah, alone a ten k? Can you remember yeah, that? It was stinkingly warm. It was yeah, hideous. I don't know what temperature. I can't remember what temperature it was, but yeah, it was you know three laps in. And I was like, I need some water. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was one yeah. of those. And I was, you know, thought that's a uh, the championship, and it's up to you how you deal with it, I guess. And uh, you know, it's the same for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so then, as I was doing my research on you, more in depth today, we saw a um, a bit of a, not even a gap. So I've kind of labelled it, labeled it as a, a development phase, what it looks like it was for you. So from 2010, the juniors, um, you know, you did you made cross-country teams under 23. Um, and then it was kind of like 2015, where things really started to kind of pick back up and then 2016 you went to the Euros for the senior champs and you were fifth um, so I just wanted to know what was going on in those kind of intermittent years for you um, how was that mentally was that tough and what sort of support did you have And um, yeah. well I went to Union those couple of years <laughs> yeah um, you were Swans was it Swansea yeah, I Swansea, yeah. Um, and yeah I, uh, oh, so it was too, too much partying well, yeah no I don't think it was crazy but it's just one of those you know Student life, and you have to fend for this. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy? Oh yeah, I do. I'll happily, happily do it again. You know, um, I think, I think everyone's yeah. got like a bit. You know, it doesn't matter who they are. You got always got a bit of patting in them. And I think I got 
Well, you're yeah, young, aren't you? Think... It's, it's, a, it's a natural thing for most young people. Not well, everyone, but most young people. What's not fun about going out with yeah, your friends exactly. and having and a I few think, drinks? Um, and... I know, and I never, never really went out much before I went to uni as well. So it was kind of like all these bright lights and all, you know, big city. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, what's it like when uh, in Shrek when Donkey goes? Yeah, to, it was like that. You know, first like looking round, especially in Wednesday. Yeah. You know, it's the sight you see on a Wednesday yeah. night. Oh my God, you don't see many. Yeah, cars. we don't get this no, on the exactly. farm. You don't see this in Westwood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed my time, and um, I did. I did run in GB and stuff. I made. I think I made European twenty threes and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it was. It was a case of. Uh, I maybe joined maybe uni a bit too much and maybe not looking after myself enough at that time as well. And um, I picked up an injury as well, a bit of annoying, a bit of a plant annoying. It wasn't like an injury, but just one of those I'd hurt to run and I couldn't run through it. So I just kind of gave up in my last semester as well. So it's kind of like, um, I said I want to do, I think I was new as well in my last year. I was going to give um, running a go for a year after uni as well. So it was kind of, you know, let's enjoy it while I can. And then, you know, the three serious stuff starts next next, uh, next month or whatever. And then, you know, give it a go after that then anyway. But did you not think it's, if you hadn't have done that at the time, you might have been feeling when you were 26, 27, oh, yeah, like, oh God, yeah, I, I missed out so much. Like, it's good yeah, to get it out of your like system. I, said, I think everyone's got that in them. So I, I just got it out when I was in uni. And then, you know, I finished uni. I was like, you know what? I, I could go out, but you know, I I don't feel the urge to go. I've you've done this, I've done that. You know, I've you know, I've, you know, I've, and I don't feel the urge to go out. You know, at the moment, my my goal drive is to try to run. You know, I'd rather be sober and have a good long run, whatever, rather than be pissed and not do the long run. You know, that's that's yeah. the focus of the moment. You know, so uh, yeah. So, how many hours a day do you do on the farm, and what's a, what's a typical day for? Yeah, just to give people an insight into what would a typical day look like for you. Um, it probably depends on the seasons, you know. With with most farm work, you work with the seasons. So, like lambing time in spring is is the worst. Is that what it is? It's a lambing. Yeah, farm. it's mainly sheep then. Uh, we've got a couple of cows as well, but we're mainly sheep then. So, it's lambing time is the most difficult time because it's you know long hours and you're all on your feet a long time. So, you know that. Was... And when is that? Pardon my ignorance, um, but I have no time, idea. So for us, it's March, April is the busiest month, then. So building up to London this year wasn't ideal. I was going to say, how was that? Yeah, um, how did how did but that? But I think I think you build up the experience over the years. You know, it's I you know I take um, I know how much I can get away with, and I think that's that's where Kevin understands me. You know, it's if I say you know, I, I felt a bit tired, so I didn't bother the second run. He's like, yeah, okay, let's not bother with the second run. You know, and it's and it's knowing when you can push and when you can't. But I think. I think in understanding as well, you know, parents understand, you know, I've got a trainer as well. So it's, I think it's it's a team effort, I guess, to try, you know, not neglect anything, but at the same time, you know, so I can train as well. But it, it, that's, that's yeah. the hard part, you know, that's the hardest part. The rest of the year is not too, not too bad, I guess, but there's always going to be busy times, but it's not, it's not, uh, you can't train there. Yeah, and um, do you so obviously do you, do you get to go to the gym as well, or is it a predominantly running only program? Um, I've I've tried to um, pick up the gym now and again. Then so it's you know I, right. I'm going to try. You know this time I'm going to try and give it a proper go, and I've committed. And then I don't know how you find it, but it's you know trying to run 100 mile weeks as well on top of the gym is you know, it's it's a fine line, isn't it? So it's mm. I'll do the gym, and then like you know what, my legs are tired for the session, and it's like. You can't batter your legs every day, you know. You have to have to back off. So it's. I think I find like a bit. 
going back to a like a bit of a circuit post run is kind of all I can manage and you know try and run as well. But uh, and I suppose the, the the work on the farm is probably quite labouring as well. And without you know yeah you know I've, getting I've, too too into it, you're getting probably a condition conditioning benefit I've, from trudging yeah, up and down and probably, lifting and doing whatever I've you're doing. Preconditioned myself. I might not be sports specific or nothing like that, but I've probably <laughs> preconditioned myself a little bit, you know, before before actually going to the gym, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so was that tough mentally in those years or were you quite happy doing what you were doing, knowing that you're going to then kick on after uni and then 2016 comes along and, you you know, you, you're making the European? Um, yeah, it was, I was happy at the time, obviously, and I have no regrets. Um, I kind of knew, I, I graduated in 2013 and then it was exactly one year before um, the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. So I can manage to convince my parents, you know, can I live at home? Um, and, you know, I'll help out, but I want to train for a year and see what happens. You know, I want to make the Commonwealth Games and have, you know, no regrets, I guess. Um, and it was never a long-term thing. It was like, I'm going to give it a go for one year. If it doesn't work out, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough, but I want to give it a go for one year. Luckily, things went my way and I managed to make the Commonwealth Games. And, you know, I remember the end of the year and my parents were like, was that a relief more than because I don't know if you'd kind of put a bit of a benchmark down for you and your parents to be like, oh look, you know, please let me live at home. Yeah, like, oh, uh, please, I'm sure they'd like any of it. But you know, you put a a goal there, so to get it, was it? Uh, yeah, oof, it was. I got that worked out. You know, I I never it crosses your mind. What if you don't? But then at the same time, I never let myself thought I wasn't going to make it. You know, I had to run some tonight to make it. It wasn't like a a soft standard, I guess. But it was mm-hmm. kind of like, right, I'm going to make the, I'm, you know. You know, I remember, I remember doing this long run that winter, and it poured down rain in the whole time. I was ten minutes into the run; I had two hours to do. I was ten minutes in, and I was hating life. And I was all I wanted to do was just go home. <laughs> and then, but I'm, I, you know, I slogged it. I was like, right, this is why I'm doing it. I want to make the Glasgow. This is why I'm doing it. And then, so I, I you know, I coxed myself to keep keep on going anyway. And I remember in the race itself when I managed to do the time. I was 10 laps in uh, to go then and I knew I was in the time and I felt still felt okay. And I just thought, all I thought was just back to this run. It was like, this is why I trained just for this moment, you know, and it's, it's, it's yeah. crazy when things go, in, go your way in a way and it's, you know, you need a bit of luck obviously and you need uh, all that, but it's crazy what your mind, in the middle of the race when I'm, you're meant to be focused on time and all that, all I could think about was, was think about this one run I'd done, you know, months before where I'd, didn't want to do it and I was hating life but I forced myself to do it just to be in the position where I could have a crack of the time you know it's crazy no and those days make you tough as well and I was what I always use as a an excuse to oh used to and that's probably still will now to get my arse out the door is to think right so you wake up it's a Saturday morning in February or whatever the wind's lashing rain against the window and it's one of those really horrible days that let's be honest nobody wants to go out there the last thing you want to do is to go out there and train but I would think do you know what it is even if I just go out and just let's say I'm doing you know 10 by 2 minutes right I would think even if I go out and just get them done at 6 minute mile pace that's still better than nothing at least you've done something and then you feel happy then you know yeah, and then and then inevitably, whenever you're out there, you go and give it the full beans anyway, and you run pretty much the times you were going to. But it's just getting your arse out the door. Yeah. And and again, you do think like you know, 
I used to think, well, Charlie Grice isn't going to miss a day, or Chris O'Hare isn't going to miss a day, no, or Andy Badley no. isn't going to be missed this. So you 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 use those things to really motivate you. Um, so Commonwealth Games went well, and then Euros was all. I think the Euros in 2016, you know, finishing fifth was another kind of breakthrough onto the the senior uh, yeah. scene. Um, what was what what did that feel like for you? Was that a a, a moment of you know you really feel like you've got things back? Yeah. On track? So unfortunately, I got injured in the golf game, so I, I just I had a navicular stress fracture. After, um, so it kind of that's probably why it's a bit of a dip in the end of two thousand fourteen, and then probably towards the end of fifteen, I got things back together. Um, and then sixteen, it was kind of in a weird position in a way because it's obviously Rio was the big highlight of the whole year, and then there was. There was one spot remaining the whole time because uh, Mo Mo was obviously you know Mo if he wants Mo was to do it he gets selected and mm-hmm. um, Ross came first in the trials and I was second and Vernon was third was he in the trials and, yeah and, um, yeah that's right, yeah. and then we went to Leiden um, a couple of weeks later and he got the time and um, so I was in the position where. I got what Andy Vernon needed and Vernon got what I needed in a weird yeah. sort of way. Yeah. And in a way, they kind of set it up as both of us got selected for um, Europeans and it was kind of like the last shot to loom for both of us in a way. And then he he unfortunately got injured or picked up um, a cautionary, he pulled out because he was a bit of a cautionary one. And so it was left to my own in a way. And in a way, I kind of knew 28 minutes was too much for me. Um I think if the standard had been like 28.15, I could have done it, but 28 minutes was too quick for me. So I kind of accepted this was probably mm-hmm. my, my peak of the season in a way and just went out to race and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I was three of us broke, uh, well, the two Turkish um, Kenyans were gone from the start and then three of us three of us were on the bell together and I came third of the three, so I finished fifth. <laughs> but it was... It... Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So what was... Was that quite a tough pill to swallow, knowing that you were just... It was just too much of a tough standard, a 28 flat. Was that... Because I, I would find that, like, I'd be... You know, I'd find that really frustrating. So how was that for you, having to accept it was, that? It was probably the reason why 2017 happened, in a way. Um... Because I was like, right, I'm getting really close to some major championships now. Um, it was a bit tough because you think like oh, 10, 20 years ago, 28, you know, 28, 28, whatever I ran, it might be good enough to make the GB team, you know, and make the Olympics. But, you know, the standard is, standard is what a standard is. So I can't argue with that. And I didn't do it. But uh, it's probably, I feel, you know, I feel for motivation, you know, the next, the fall and winter, I trained hard, you know, I never... I never felt like I got I got the you know early on I never got the like the results to show that. Um but then it's got to the spring and then also then these you know, I ran I went from a purple patch in the summer to the autumn where I just ran every P B every distance and every race I was getting quicker and quicker. And that probably came from the disappointment of not running quick enough in twenty sixteen and thinking, Oh, I'm so close now, I just need to run a little bit further, you know. Well that was my question. So two thousand and seventeen you obviously kicked on and ran 7.55 for a 3K, which, you know, some speed well, for, yeah, you know, marathon as speed, well. I was quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you ran 13.33, which is an incredibly respectable yeah. 5K time. Um, and obviously you ran your 2.09 that year yeah. in Frankfurt. So, yeah, you've, you've answered my question, which was going to be, what changed that year for you to kind of um, help well, you kick on? But you said the, the disappointment. Marathon wasn't even in the plan. If you'd asked me like six months before the marathon, I wouldn't even mention the marathon. Um, that's a crazy things can happen in a way. Um, the whole focus 
So what changed then? What? Yeah. What? Why did you do um, the marathon? The whole plan was to try and make the ten k time in, for the London twenty seventeen. Um, the whole plan was trying to like, right, if I can make twenty sub twenty eight, I might have a chance of making the team. I think the standard was twenty eight fifty, was it or twenty five point five, twenty seven forty five. But I was like, you know what, I might have a chance if everything goes my way. I might have a chance. I just get, you know, threw everything at it, but it, I just did not quite have it. So in a way, I ran, I ran a bit of frustration. I was like, you know what. I'm sorry, let's let's give the marathon a go as a bit of a bit of a whim kind of thing at the end of the season. I was like, you know what? It might actually be I've got nothing to lose. Um so let's give it a go. And I knew I had the Commonwealth Games in twenty eighteen to fall back on anyway. So it was a case of case of, you know, let's give it a go, nothing to lose. And it turned out to be probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, and did you so in that year you say you trained harder, what would you say was your um increase in mileage or increase in training to help you Get to that um, level. I don't think mileage necessarily hit any higher. Um, I was hitting, I just started, I was hitting regularly 100, so it wasn't like, um, I didn't go crazy or nothing. Like that. I was, you know, I was hitting, I was hitting like 9,500 anyway. Um, but it was just the intensity I just ran, I just ran everything harder. Um, so what what would be the, um, the the st- the standard pace of your runs in between sessions and you know what what in two thousand and sixteen was it seven minute miles? No, I don't think it was massively different. Um, it was probably you know I was probably running like six minute mile and then went down to five fifties or something. It wasn't like crazy jump. Okay, uh, it's still um, it's still think, almost ten uh, percent. Yeah, it was, I think the big difference was right the sessions I hit every session so hard. You know, I, was, um, I hit everything as hard as I could. You know, um, it wasn't a case of right. You know, let's run this this zone. It was why well, this is five minute reps. So I ran every five minute rep as hard as I could. You know, it's as simple as it was. You know, that was that was the case. You know, that's probably probably the difference, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that two or nine. Um. I think it's it's fair to say like that shocked ev shocked me, and I think it shocked yeah. everyone. People didn't. People would have put you down to run a good marathon. Of course they would. Like no doubt. You know, you've got ability and you've. Proved that over the years, but to run a two nine, it was like shit. Yeah, where did like, that come from? <laughs> whoa, yeah, like bloody hell. Player threes entered the game with Callum and Moore, and now Dowie <laughs> running a sub two ten. And I think British British marathon running had, um, you know, male British marathon running for a lot of years hadn't had anyone under yeah. two ten. Then all of a sudden, well, you, you did it, and obviously Callum was really well, close to it at the time and, motivation uh, probably to get, get <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so, so what was that did you like yeah just t- talk about the build up to frankfurt did you you know you did you know you're gonna run that quick and how did the race yeah plan i think i think in the build-up you know i think i'm very my training i guess philosophy i guess and my attitude is probably very simplistic in many ways um so i think i looked i think two times always a magic numbers now as a marathon runner two times the magic number so i was like right what is 210 in terms of pace so i looked at it and i was like it was like 30 50 isn't it for 10 case splits and i was right let's yeah. let, <laughs> if you say so, so. <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's let's give it some leeway just in case something happens so call it 30 30 then and then i looked at what my ratio from like 10k to half was and i added you know about 50 seconds or something so i was like right if, if i slow down that much from 10k to half then i'm obviously going to slow down same if not more for the marathon so i was like right if i need to be able to run 30 30 so comfortable i need to be able to run half marathons in 29 20s or whatever i need to be able to run 10k mm. in 28 30 comfortable well not comfortable but like i need to be able to do it off training anyway anyways and i think that's 
you saw um, if you look back on the races I did in the build up to the marathon, I ran six weeks on the bounce. Um, and I PB'd in four of them, if not five of them, you know, and it's. And yeah, it was, wow. It was, I was so fit and strong. I was race, you know, I was race sharp as well. Um, um, I, I, you know, ran, I ran 28 27, which was one of my benchmarks. I'm like, I need to run 28 30 on the roads. And then another one of my benchmarks was to run sub 62, and I managed to do that in Cardiff. So I ticked that box, and I ticked that box. And the only thing left is the unknown, in a way, because if, like anyone running a marathon the first time, you, you just don't know what's going to happen in 20 miles. You know, you, you can. You can train all you want, but nothing can simulate what happens at 20 miles afterwards. So, you know, that's that's the point where, you know, I found out if I was going to be a marathon runner or a 10K runner, essentially. And luckily, it went my way. Um, I still think there was time out there because I cramped up in the last 5K. But, yeah, as a debut goes, if you'd offer me 2-9 before for it, I'd happily take it off. <laughs> Rip your yeah. arm off. <laughs> no, no, it's fantastic. And uh, did you enjoy the experience of, of oh, racing? Yeah, it was probably one of the best weekends you know i had you know um my girlfriend came out as well for you and you know we had a nice weekend and i ran well and my coach and his wife came out as well and i remember i remember but the frankfurt's kind of course you can see a couple you run through the town there so you can see a couple of spots before they we head out further out out and back in a way and then so they hadn't seen me from about 15k to about 35k and um I remember coming up to 35k and they said it'd be about 35k so i got past 35k i was like where are they then and then in the distance i saw these three people each bobbing their head in in turn like is, is that it yeah that's one of the memories of, you know always take on race but it's, as a race and as a as an event you know i thoroughly enjoyed it and you know it was it was a great a great weekend for all, everyone enjoyed it you know no, that's fantastic. And when you say your your training approach is quite simplistic, I know everyone listening will want to know what does a typical marathon week look like for you in the build up to it. So from Monday to Sunday, what what, um, what does it look I like probably, for you? You know, I don't call myself don't call it necessarily going marathon training anyway. I just call it good training. Um, I call it. Yeah. I call you know. I looked. Uh, I asked uh, like Jonesy and stuff what he used to do before the marathon and you know he simply decided you know if you're in good 10k shape you run a good marathon and it's I, I still believe that you know you still have to have to run a quick marathon you still have to be able to run a quick 10k and i think that's where some people go may sometimes go wrong is they neglect that you know 5k 10k and they don't run as quick then because they the ease of all they can run is is not the same isn't it um but yeah i normally run you know hills once a week um like a hill yeah, session hill or hills yeah. as part of a run? Well, most of my runs around here are oh, hilly wow. runs anyway. So um, I'll normally run hilly runs and my long run is a hilly run anyway. So it's I build up that strength anyway. Um, but I do a designated hill session once a week, you know, um, up, you run, up, up, run a hard up and then you jog back down and do it again, you know. Um, and then I'll do a track session on Thursdays and then I'll probably do like a tempo slash fart leg session on Saturdays. And, you know, it's as simple as that really. So what and what sort of track sessions would it be like eight by a k six by a mile? That's yeah, yeah, it's as simple as that, really. Um, I'll do it's typically you know ten k ten mile kind of sessions, and then now and again I'll sprinkle that in with maybe a twelve by k off a hundred float or something, or or um, eight by a mile off like a hard steady effort um, alternating, or you know the big one I do about two and a half weeks of a marathon is. Uh, 22 kilometer uh, 22 k's continuous but you um 
you run the odd numbers just quicker than the mile of pace, and you run the even runs slower than the mile of pace. So it's you know it's okay on, on the, the track, track, yeah, just because it's. <laughs> God, how many laps do you make? That's like easy to do it with because um, then you can practice drinks and your gels, and you know, you can do all that as well. Yes. So it's it's it sounds really boring on the track, but then it actually goes quite quickly, surprisingly. But then it's yeah, and it's, you, it's it, run, you, run the marathon, you know, you have to get used to running on your own and running in a monotonous way, in a way. And do you have anyone to help you out? Do people come on the bike with you, or is everything you do uh, riding solo? Um, most of my running is solo. Um, I'll my girlfriend will come on the bikes with me on the long runs now and again. Um, ah, she's worth keeping. There. You got to marry, got to marry a girl like that. If she's like... willing to do that on a weekend. She's a keeper. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, she's willing to do that. So I can practice my drinks and gels and stuff like that. But Kevin's my coach, and he, he'll be on the bike from time to time on the session. Um, so it's. Some of the longer stuff, I'll be with someone with a bike then, um, be a girlfriend or coach. But yeah, most of the other stuff then, day to day, is on my own then. Yeah. And, and up until that two or nine, um, what sort of support were you getting? Were you with a, an ASIC? I know you're with ASICs now. Uh, you know, I, I assume you get Welsh athletic. You were getting Welsh uh, athletic support, but yeah, what was the support like for you pre two or nine? And what has it been like post two or nine? So I'm pretty sure British <laughs> athletics put you on funding the following day. They're like yeah. brilliant, we'll have him. Yeah, we can get him on. We we'll claim that um, one. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's been crazy really. But uh, yeah, before that really. Um... I was getting a bit of some kit from Puma, but I was very like fed up with them, because um, they were they weren't interested in anything more than just a couple of shoes or whatever. Um, so that was a bit frustrating. And yes, I got offered um, some kit from other companies, but you know, it was at that stage of my career, I was like, well, I'd rather just run for myself and see how far I can get. Then, if someone comes along later on, then I'm not tied down, I guess. Um, yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's got a worth. What you know, is it worth ten pairs of shoes a year for the sake of being yeah. tied down? When you know you obviously believed in yourself and and you knew you could yeah, run exactly. well and what um, that then does. So, you know, I give. I was like, well, I'm gonna run a, at that stage. You know, after summer, I was like, well, I'm gonna run a marathon in the autumn. Let's just see what happens in the marathon and and go from there. Then, but Asics were keen before the marathon, so I actually ran. I ran the marathon and the races up to it in Asics shoes, and I really liked them. So in in a way, it was an, I was just like hoping they were keen afterwards, and it was in a way it was a no-brainer for me to carry on and sign the contract. Um, no, that's good. And the, and has that helped a lot? You know, working with Asics because I'm assuming they send you as much as you need, and and obviously the support from British Athletics for training camps um, and you know any physio. So has that really helped you? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's definitely helped because unfortunately, you know, I ran. I ran the marathon and then six weeks later I'm thinking, you know, I've got one more race in me. I don't feel that bad. I got one more race in me and I ran the European Cross and then I tore my hamstring. And then coming back from mm-hmm. that I, I got the fracture on my hip um, in two thousand eighteen. So in that sense it was it was it was really lucky I ran that two nine first because then I didn't need to worry about races, I didn't need to worry about support because it was there, you know, and it was you know, I, it was just a matter of case of picking up the phone and, you know, can is there any chance for a physio or is there a chance of seeing, you know, seeing someone see what's wrong with me? And you know, it's, it's I'm pretty fortunate in that way. You know, um, things happen for the reason, don't they? And luckily, I ran that two nine first. Yeah, well, that was that was so. The next point was two thousand and eighteen. Um, uh, you know, looking at it, I said it looked quite quiet and what had happened. But obviously, you just explained that there with the torn hamstring and and the hip. So, how's it been coming back off the back of that? Um, was it tough getting back, or did it come quite naturally? Um, yeah, you know, like like it is when you come back. You know, it's 
he doesn't feel right for a while, doesn't he? You, you don't feel so unfit. He doesn't. There's things don't click. But yeah, it was pure frustrating because you know I'd finished 2017 probably best shape of my life, and then I was like, right, Commonwealth Games next year, European Champs next year. Like you know, rubbing my hands like right, there might be an opportunity. You never know. Um, and then yeah, unfortunately, neither were going to be. Um, I got stress fracture my hip, and you know that was my 2018 over in many ways. Um, you know, it was out by the autumn, by the time I got back into racing, and it was just a case of being fit and thinking long term towards London this year um, to try and be back to my best, really. And then, how how was London? So two eleven. Um, were you happy with that, or? Um... You know, touching on what you said, it's a tough time of year for you work-wise. So, how was the London experience um, for you this as year? As a race and as a spectacle, I loved it. Um, there's no, I, it was like um, a bit of a taste, like a, like running a Glasgow or something in the Commonwealth Games. The 10K, the sound in that stadium was what I probably sounded all the way around. It was absolutely mental. Um, but yeah, and London was frustrating. You know, I, I think around 211, and you can't think, oh. You know, it can't be too disappointed with that. But at the same time, I know there's a little bit more there. Um, um, so I'd been a bit of a bit of I don't know whether it's a bit of a virus or something like that. But like I woke up two, two, three days before and I had a stinking headache, and then it never really cleared from that. So it was a case of you know trying to put a brave face and hope for the best. But I remember standing on the sideline thinking, if this was a twenty-six mile long run, it could go either way. Yes, this is London Marathon. Mm. You know, there's no hiding, and it's, I'm just going to have to, you know, hope for the best and uh, see what happens in a way. And you know, that's what I did it. But it got to about 14 miles in, and all of a sudden I'm starting to cramp up. And you know, it was a case of I wanted to drop out, but the support was amazing, and yeah, I carried on going. And yeah, the crowd definitely carried me towards the end, really. And and 2:11 is still a very good time, very respectable time, and I think you know. If you're doing that on a day when that's a bad day for you, then you know it's, well, it's yeah, it was, again. If someone had told you that two or three years ago, you would have been yeah, yeah, great. yeah exactly. You know, that's I guess that's uh, how fit I was. You know, I think going into London. So, so going into it, how fit do you do? You think you were kind of that two ten, two nine shape? It's hard to going really into know it? exactly what's going to happen on the day. But in terms of the top end, top end speed, I didn't have that same. But then in Frankfurt, I came off a track season. I think that was the difference. Um, I didn't actually have that 400 flat out speed I had before Frankfurt, but then give me a key rep or something. I was in better shape than I was um, before Frankfurt. Um, so that's, you know, that 22 kilometers fat leg I was talking about. I actually ran it with two, three seconds a K quicker than I did before Frankfurt. So I, I knew I was ready for the marathon. Um, and I thought, I generally felt if everything goes my way, it could be even a 278. But, um, it, you know, it wasn't meant to be on the day. And, you know, that's. I think that's the frustrating thing for me is I know it could have been a little bit better if everything got my way and you don't get a chance the following week to do it again, do you? You have to you have to have big come down and then you have to big build up again before you have another crack at it. So I think that's the frustrating thing anyway. Yeah, and I like I've no, you know I've been on teams with you for a lot of years, and I, I genuinely I wouldn't say this otherwise. I genuinely believe you when you say you know you had a bad head and you feel like you had a virus. You know, sometimes a lot of people the kind of make excuses or they say things, but I genuinely no, believe yes. you when you say that. And it's 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 frustrating, for, like listening to it. I feel almost frustrated for yeah. you um, to think you know if you're doing a twenty two k run and you're averaging two two seconds quicker a k. Of course, you know, you, you had yeah. towards that yeah, PB exactly. shape. I felt, I felt, but, you know, I could run a 2.9. I think, you know, the plan of going into the race was to run um, about 63 and a half through halfway. And 
you know, second half, see what happens. I felt I felt even if it was too quick for me, I could run, fall back and still run that two nine, two ten kind of bracket. Um but yeah, it ultimately, you know, I felt I remember running about seven, eight miles in and I was getting this really cold sweat in my forehead and I was like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those days like if that's I don't I you know, I don't know how unhealthy I was, you know, it might only be like half a percent or whatever, but you know, with a marathon it's a lot yeah, though. <laughs> you know, it's with a marathon, if there's anything wrong with it, it'll find you. You know, whether it's be of a niggle or it's a stiffness, you know, if there's anything wrong with the marathon it'll find you, that's that's the nature of the beast, I guess. And you know, I found out that you know what, you're not hundred percent. So I yeah. yeah. I think it shows how mentally tough you are as well, though, to actually still bash out a two eleven. <laughs> Again, a lot of people and no like no discredit to them at all. But if you dropped out, if if someone a marathon runner had said to me, you know, I've been waking up, I've had a headache for three days, you know, I had cold sweats, I was cramping up and, you know, I just thought I'd drop out and do another marathon. I'd be like, you yeah. know, fair enough. I would respect that still. But I think that shows um, how tough you are mentally. Um, so moving forward, where are you at now? What's the plan? What you got in your sights? And what, what does the uh, the next six months hold for Dowie um, Griffiths? Well, I'm selected for Doha, so that's that's the big aim, really. Um, it's a nice tick. <laughs> Are you are you gonna prepare? Are you gonna prepare for the heat? And if so, how are you gonna um, do that? Well, to be brutally honest, um, whatever was wrong with me in in London, um, I had a nice break afterwards, and I assumed you know I'd have a nice break and I'd be all good then. Um, so I went and I didn't run for about two weeks, and then I went on all in everything. So I did you know all the right boxes, and I just still didn't feel right. I was fine, but then I still you know I think as a runner you know your own body so well that you just know if there's something's not quite right, don't you? Um, and it's a mm. case of, at the moment, you know, a bit of part of that track, you know, I'd, um, I was meant to do Highgate in in a couple of weeks, and I don't know if it's public knowledge yet, but unfortunately I've, I've had to pull out because I don't feel I'm training as hard as I should be um, to justify his selection. You know, I, I'd rather see someone else run in the GB vest and do as proud than me, you know, flogging myself around and having to drop out because I'm not fit enough to run a track race yet but it's a bit frustrating in that sense but then I've got plenty of time for Doha so it's it's probably a case of a long build up into Doha and um, it's, uh, plans are pretty simple you know um, probably looking at maybe going to Spain in August to for a couple of weeks and just get used to that heat and um, yeah hopefully by then I'll be fit and ready to go and a couple of races before I go and then yeah do it yourself I guess nah sounds good sorry you've had to pull out of a high no, gear as well but, you know, it wasn't meant to be I guess that's the frustrating thing but you know you've got to look at the yeah. you never want to give a bad account of no, yourself like, you know, there's um, no point in me running around there and you know it, maybe all I got is 29 minutes well you know I'd rather see someone else have a massive breakthrough and hopefully run quicker and you know deserve the spot you know there's no point you know me looking out of shape in the back isn't it <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, sent in questions. So now we move on to, I, mean, I don't know if you yeah, listened to yeah, the podcast yeah, before, but we move on to, we, we move into sent in questions. Um, so, what's your biggest ever mileage that you've done? Um, so, part of the mo- motivation for Lon- uh, London this year was like, right, I'm going to prove myself. I have done two nine was in the fluke and all that. So, I went to Boulder in uh, in February and I just, I just went for it, really. Um, so, the most I've done written down in, the, in um, in the training manual is uh, 128. Nice. Yeah. That's a good, good number. <laughs> um, what's the importance of cross-country for younger athletes? Um, I just, I think, 
it's important to do everything. So cross country in the winter and track and some I think you know, look at yourself as well, you know, look at how important racing in all the different environments, but it's building your strength in the cross country and then build your speed up in the track, you know. And when you get to a senior, strength and speed, you can't buy those. Um so it's it's you know vastly important I think and it's it's I think it also is throwing yourself into things you're uncomfortable in, in you know and it's throwing into your environment you know the, where things don't always go in your way in the build-up and it's just getting used to you know you've been in probably in plenty of races where you might not have your special drink or you might not have your right bed you don't sleep well you know it's all these little things whereas you, if you race enough you get used to them and you know how to deal with yourself I guess um are you doing the BAL at Windsor? Uh, no, unfortunately, I won't be there. No. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm sending. I've got to read out the ones that people send in. Um, how do you balance the social aspect um, in in conjunction with your running? I mean, I feel like you touched upon it. How you did it now, whereby you just don't even go out at all, so that's fine. Um, but even as a student, um, was there anything you kind of did to help balance those things? Um, I think. I think it's you know. Th- Everyone needs a social life, and you know I do go out. Uh, me still meet my friends, but it's not a case of you know going out again, again, lash with a boy. This it's a case of you know, having a catch <laughs> maybe having a quiet one, or you know whatever. But it's 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 a more of a quiet one, and you know as long as you get your sleep in, that's that's the main thing. Um, and what's your pacing strategy for a marathon? Um, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um, it's kind of smash it and hold yeah, on for as long as you um, can. It's sort of. A bit, a bit like my love life. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, just go yeah, for where you feel like. You want to be, you want to be comfortable at you know halfway. You want to be comfortable halfway. So it's it's no point going through you know some in PB pace for a 10k in half marathon. Um, I think for me it's looking at maybe two to three minutes slower than half marathon shape, and then going from there really as a target. <laughs> Um, we did have lots more questions, but I've got a few games that I want to play with you. So the first one um, is that, you know, you're a true <laughs> Welshman and a, and a proud Welshman. So I want to know how uh, how much of a, how proud you are and how much you know about okay. your country. So I've got a, a, a quiz up online and I haven't done it myself. It's not the BBC um, one, is it? Because so I couldn't do, do that one. <laughs> no, it's, it's a www.quiz.biz. Oh, okay. Right. So, which waters are situated north of Wales? Is it the North Sea, the Irish Sea, the Atlantic Ocean, or the Scottish Sea? Uh, the North Sea, is it? Okay, that's what you're going to go for, right? So, we're going to do them all, uh, then you okay. get the answers at the end. True or false, Snowdon is the only Welsh mountain in the world to have a national park named after it. Well, that's a question. Um, I'd go true. Uh, yeah, i go for true, though. Uh, yeah. Um, a statue of Lewis Carroll's White Rabbit stands on the Pronomontory <laughs> the Pronomontory of the which North Wales resort Carmen's Bay oh god these are <laughs> L- Lulandidor's Orum yeah. uh, <laughs> Rill's Seafront or Anglesey's Isle oh where's he from um, I go for the Candid Northern Okay, which is Wales' second largest city? Uh, okay. it's, uh, uh, so you'd say they're Wrexham, Cardiff, Newport, or Swansea. I'll go Swansea, I think. Yeah, I go for Swansea then. Um, I, I'm not surprised with Newport's bigger. 
<laughs> what is the national flower of oh, Wales? Daffodil. Lily, amaryllis, daffodil. Okay, didn't even need the answers. What is the other national emblem of Wales? Uh, Onion, leek. parsnip, leek, or garlic? A leek. Oh, he's smashing through them here. True or false? Uh, Simric is a Welsh breed of cat. Simric? No, I go for false. C C Y M R I C. I don't know. I don't think we have any cats, so I go for false. What day is what day is St David's Day? What lake is the largest inbound body of water in Wales? Lynn Conwy, Clarewin, Bala Lake, Lake Vimuwiwi. Lake Vimuwi, then, is it? Lake Vimuwi? Is that how you announce it? And then, uh, oh my god, there's loads here. Right, hang on, let's see if we can go here. Right, so gonna go, we're going to have to bash through these, right? There's, there's 15, right? So we'll see how we'll go bash through these quickly. True or false, every one of these statues surrounding Cardiff Castle are knights and royalty. True. You can't see it, so we'll go true. Uh, true or false, the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff have, has the largest retac- retractable roof in any sports yeah, arena in the world. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, that is. On which part of the course can Fwelly be found? I don't know if I've pronounced that right. Spell P W L L H E L I. Oh, um, Conwin. Cardig- no, it's. Yeah. Cardigan Bay, Carmanth Bay, Clock Bay, or Colwyn Bay? Uh, uh, go for the last one. Is it Colwyn Bay? Is it? Colwyn Bay. <laughs> Um, true or false? Landlogan Bridge is one of the seven wonders of Wales. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on. The first line of the Welsh national anthem translates as "God bless the prince, land of the brave, land of, land my, of my father's, my country." Land. <laughs> Driving down from London to South Wales, which M4. motorway would you take? Yeah, good lad. Even I knew that one. All right, you got seventy-three percent uh, okay. correct. That's I think right. that's good. Good effort. Good. Well done, mate. Well done. Um, right. So moving on. So normally we do a what would you okay. rather, but I thought as a farmer I had to do something in related to a farm. So I've called this game "Old MacDowie <laughs> Had a Farm." Right. So I've made up these questions. So the first one: If you could have any animal on your farm, what would it be? Now I'm talking. It could be tigers, giraffes, gorillas, elephants. It doesn't have to be, Jeez. you know, in um, line with the, the 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 climate. So if you could farm any animal on Old McDowie's farm, what would it um, be? I call monkeys because they're quite funny and stuff to watch. Yeah, definitely good one. Um, and if you could breed two animals around the world to make a mega animal and put it on your farm. What would it be? So if you did a, a horse and a and a pterodactyl, yeah, you have some sort like, of Pegasus. Yeah, I was gonna say like a big bird and a big horse. So like a like yeah. you go for that and have like a yeah, Pegasus. Yeah. You'd have to get the. Uh, I did think at uh, first thought I thought maybe it's like a a horse and a pigeon, <laughs> but I don't think yeah. The, <laughs> Do <you like> a <laughs> the size of a horse's penis. Yeah, basically, I just want the tiniest wings. It wouldn't like be a able to fly. You need to get. Yeah, will be, yeah. Um, mate, and then the final question we have is what do you see yourself doing post athletics? Um, I think that's a good question. Um, I think I'm open minded at the moment. Um, I guess part of me wants to be back on the farm. I think part of me probably wants to put something back to the sport. So it's it's probably a combination of those two, I guess. A training camp on Maybe, the farm. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Dowie, thank you so much for coming on, mate. No, really no, appreciate for it. Me. Um, you can everyone. You can follow Dowie um, at Dowie10k, um, which probably needs to change. I know. Dowie Marathon now. 
but you can go and follow Dowie, see how he's getting on, and um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be happy to answer any questions if you shoot me a Twitter mess, a Twitter tweet or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Brilliant. All right, cheers, guys. So that was Dowie Griffiths, uh, a, a great guest. Uh, all our guests are great. They're all wonderful guests uh, and very varied. And I always just find it really interesting um, to hear what kind of happens to people in the years where, you know, they're injured or you're not you're not hearing about them or, you know, in the younger years as they're developing, um, you know, everybody's story is different and everybody's journey to the to the top is different. Um, and I just find it really interesting, you know, having those deep conversations with people. And um, I hope you do too. So, yeah, that was Dowie. Um, apologies again if the audio just, you know, was overlapping sometimes. But as I said, you know, you could hear everything fine and uh, Dowie's stories were, were really great to hear um so yeah do tune in again next week and hopefully we'll have another top guest for you don't know who it is yet oh actually i do i do know who it is but i'm not gonna say anyway enjoy